0: hello again patriots nation we welcome you back to the latest and always greatest edition of six rings and football things a podcast presentation of weei odyssey and 2400 sports as we set sail for a thursday night thanksgiving delight against the vikings we present you with a full boat here as far as six rings goes you got the leader of the fraud squad here your old pal nick fitzy stevens we got at Jumbo Heart, Andy Hart, and the Troll Patrol. And back after disappearing for a little while, uh, whether it was to Las Vegas or uh, a number of different locations and regions, that's right, the DVOA holes are represented once again by our guy, Primetime, at Shime Time. Chris Shime is back with us. And boys, here we are a couple days removed from a game uh, that was fascinating, infuriating, boring, and enlightening in so many different ways. The Patriots squeaking one out against the jets, 10 to three. You know, Andy, we went over it so much on the post game show. Uh, That was potentially a season saving play from Marcus Jones, but we really don't have much time to sort of sit here and pick over that game and try to make more of it than what was because by the time people listen to this, it could be T minus 24 hours from another huge game, a Thanksgiving night game against the NFC North leading minnesota vikings Shime. i want to throw it to you first because we haven't had a chance to have you on the pod in a couple of weeks what was your biggest takeaway from the game aside from hey uh listen to fitzy Hart and gresh and get the ball in marcus jones's hands more often
1: uh my biggest takeaway was wow your offense really does stink uh and i and I, this is not a mac jones take this is a wholesome take like so the consistent. whole consistent i was gonna say life my and, god and you are more predictable and taxes, uh, the Maytag just, Man. The key to comedy is repetition, fitzy The key to comedy is repetition.
0: I thought uh, the, I thought it was time uh, tragedy over time equals comedy or whatever.
1: Mm, I don't think so. I think it's just repetition. That's what well, i was Well, then told. the Patriots
0: often should be hilarious because time and time again they are tragic. It is. They snap the vault. Oh
1: God, it is disgustingly bad. Like it isn't. And, and again, like is this a Mac Jones take? Is he a part of the problem? If you're breaking up a a blame pie he's got a little slice in there but it's not he is not fully responsible for this this is just a mess top to bottom from the play calling the coaching the offensive line the receivers uh it just it's a whole mishmash of disgusting and i uh god almighty that was the most boring patriots game i have ever watched uh in my you know 25 plus years of watching Patriots games,
2: except for the final 30 seconds, which was pretty enjoyable.
1: There was, yes, there was a 20 second span of Marcus Jones returning one to the house. That was extremely fun. Uh, everybody keeps asking me why are you guys are talking about a football game. It was like one play that you need to talk about.
0: Yeah. And- but there, but isn't there some, <laughs> isn't there some sort of, yeah, of course it was really just boiled down to one. Play it, it was it a, a whole play. hell of a lot. It was, a it was big an, play. It was an insanely great play. I think it's one of the most important plays this century in terms of regular season Patriots games because you could have lost your foothold on a wild card spot or fallen further down in the AFC East. The Jets finally would have broken the streak and not let it run to 14, bolstered confidence when their offense was, and this is unbelievable or almost impossible to do, five times more inept than the Patriots' offense on Sunday averaging 2.88 inches per play in the second half. I mean, Andy and I went over all the stats that were just jaw-dropping and mind-numbingly inept uh, on the post-game show on Sunday. But there is that element now to me that sort of says, like, maybe that was, like, an interesting title fight in a lot of ways. Just a lot of feeling out, a lot of hugging in the corner, a lot of missed jabs and opportunities that led to one knockout punch. And, Mm. you know, the Patriots are not going to be able to win many more, if if not any games the rest of the way in that capacity because they're now about to start teeing off against a lot of significant offenses. So, uh, Andy, I'll throw it to you yeah. next. Yeah. What are What are we going to focus on improving as quickly as possible heading into games now where you face NFC North leaders like the Vikings having to go against the Bills, the unpredictable offense of the Cardinals, and then, of course, the Raiders and the Bengals and, and on and on and on.
2: Well, first of all, technically, you could beat the Vikings the same way you beat the Jets because the Vikings didn't score any points last week either. But that's a different topic for a different segment. The we'll we'll line, find out about that one when we talk to Phil Mackey in a bit. The offensive line is the key to the effing season because I Mac Jones never has a chance to do his job, and it took such a bad step backwards this week. That Ramondre Stevenson looked crappy, and we all love him. We all think he's a budding star. He ran the ball 15 times for 26 yards. So now you're costing one of your weapons his ability to get some traction and make some positive gains. Now, it's great that David Andrews is on the practice field this week and apparently avoided a season ending injury, which it seemed post game that's where it was trending that it was Mm -hmm. a, a thigh tendon and that he was probably toast. That he's out there, that's great. My guess is he doesn't play Thursday night, but. He needs to be in the mix. But mm-hmm. even with him in the mix, that doesn't solve your problems. Ne- well, I guess it helps with Cole Strange because Strange is a little bit better when he's out there, but doesn't help you. He's, problems lo- like he's lost. I, I, he I, I got to walk that one. I don't think he's going to suck
0: long term. I, I didn't someone- say he's <sighs> going to
2: suck. I said he sucks now. Present tense.
0: He stinks right now. You know, there's no denying I've had to walk that one back. Glad we drafted
1: a guard in the first round.
0: Yeah, right. I know. I, the, all of us, everyone that was on the air that night, everyone who had to talk about it later, and those of us who praised him and said, "Hey, it looks like that that pick's working out, and this kid can play." Hey, he's hit his rookie wall.
2: Sure, like most of your excessively, life. excessively. Oh.
0: I was I was flagged for premature celebration. I understand it happens to a lot of us, Andy. I, I I get it, but David Andrews right. and I was glad to hear that the MRI was negative and that you know that he's going to avoid long-term damage. It may be able to play. I wouldn't bank that he plays Thursday night, no. but this offensive line is like, me if
2: he plays Thursday night,
0: but forget even David Andrews, like the pressure isn't always coming matter. up the gut. The tackle situation the tackles are horrendous. is a tire fire right
2: now. See, that's where I don't think it's, it's fixable. Like I, I just, yeah. I, I don't see a reason to say, this what's gonna make it better? Do they have this crazy talent on the bench? Nope. Practice web? Nope. Oh, wait. They probably have a great coach. Oh no, they have they have Matt Patricia, who's also their play call. Play like there's no reason to believe that the offensive line is going to get better. The joke I made to Fitzy Shine was in uh in elf when they bring in the little guy to yeah. uh write the 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 children's footage. Yep. he's got like yep. all the tricks the and everything of the, the legend Dante Scarnecki is the little guy you got to bring him in whatever the cost get a limo drive him over <laughs> if he only gives you an hour take the damn hour because otherwise I know I am um not always the most hopeful person but I don't you don't say for no i don't see reason for hope on the offensive line i actually there's think there's more reason for hope for the big picture team well and the worst the part too line. is
1: now okay. all that all right. money and draft capital that we were excited about to help build this team forward you are now going to have to use a lot of that just throwing it at offensive linemen to find some guys that'll stick because I, right now i'm you fine have, with that though but 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 then you're when do you get now, the receivers and the playmakers yes, now now there's goes, no good ones goes all that money next year there's no it, like, the, like the free agents is all all the good forget, free agents are on the line forget free agents too now that you're your draft picks like you're going to need to throw draft picks at offensive linemen on top of signing guys like great you bring in an older offensive lineman well how long does that last and how how fast will he acclimate to a new line and then on top of that you have to go draft young linemen so that your pipeline doesn't disappear like it did now by trading Shaq Mason. Like if you had kept Shaq Mason and then drafted a couple guys this year instead of taking more effing running backs. Oh, you might actually have like, it may not look good right now, but next year might at least appear to be better. And you still have all the draft picks you have for next year and money to go spend on weapons and more, more players that will help you get better. Now, instead this off season, The only focal point you can have is the offensive line, because without it, your team is going to suck no matter who you have.
2: I would also Uh, say the coaching staff will be a focal point.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can't draft
2: coaches, though. There's no coach draft
0: like you can't you sort of can trade for a coach, although I don't think they're going to be trading for a coach or a coordinator anytime soon, Uh, as they like to say, Shime, lots to unpack there. Oh, yeah, Uh, we appreciate it. I forgot about how much, how much, how many meaty takes that you get uh, that we can all cut up and share and cook and prepare oh, like a million a different ways. You Day bring turkey,
1: baby. You, just you really keep
0: cutting into me. You, I was gonna say you, you're like the full Thanksgiving meal in a box. The like I'm, I'm, I'm reaching in and I'm finding like takeout containers, canisters, and ramekins of different sides and sauces and dishes. I wasn't even expecting a can of cranberry
1: um, sauce out of nowhere. Like uh, it's great.
0: It's great. I have no idea. Wow, my what is it? Is this a chutney? Wow, Shaim, amazing. Um. So one, about the offensive line, like pre- it, it is possible the Patriots might have played the best defensive line that they'll face the rest of the season. Now, the Bills obviously will present a hell of a problem for them. But you can't say, and they have to deal with them twice, but you can't say Miami or the Cardinals uh, or the Bengals or any of the rest of the teams they play have the same sort of ferocious defensive line. There may be nobody as good as Quinn and Williams, who just ate up everybody he faced. Quinn it didn't Williams, matter where awesome. he lined up. That guy, unbelievable that the man who blessed himself on national TV before the NFL draft has turned into one of the most, most badass monsters on the line that we've seen any other time. And yeah, the, the problem is the Patriots not only created the need for a guard last year when they got rid of Shaq Mason, like, yeah, now like you're going to have to spend a significant portion of time rebuilding the line in the offseason because the tackles are bad guard situation seems okay poor david andrews has been super banged up this year as well that's a that's a major league problem for this team right now i don't know how you fix it in season i think all of us would love to try to figure
2: out a way the offseason is a different slap a little flex seal on the offensive line and say
0: like boom it's good like you're gonna have
2: to fix it the old-fashioned way or the modern way which is it's going to take adjustments from everybody around it. It's going to be, and I don't have any faith in this either, but the old, you know, 1.8 second Brady passing game, we just know we're not going to get protection. So look at it differently and get rid of the damn ball kind of thing. And so it's one of
1: the things they were actually highlighting uh, on Monday Night Football to about the 49ers with Jimmy G, right? It's like they were showing the 1.98 pass release. It's just the issue is again that will boil down to play calling. So what you need to do this off is you need to oust your play caller. Either send him upstairs, okay. and we're not in the off season. We gotta get. No, we gotta I,
2: figure out the next seven weeks first. Yeah, and we then, gotta beat then the then Vikings, it now. guys. I,
1: trust me, I want you
2: to do. They're it not now, getting rid of Matt, Matt Patricia. So to. any plan that starts with getting Matt Patricia right now is not going to happen.
1: But then, the, then there's no fix right now. So that's what I'm saying. But is there it's is like,
2: like there? You can't just give up. That's where you have I'm to. Not, now.
1: No, I'm not giving up, but. Uh, at the same time, it's gonna be—it's gonna become insanity. You're going insanity is repeating, doing the same thing over and over and over again, and expecting different results. And that's what you went into a bye week and came out and didn't change anything.
2: A- well, you and, changed some things. You know, they got creative with their inverse bone and their uh, split backs and different. Wow, things that like did that.
1: A, that did a lot for your offense.
0: They got a little bit. Di- also, Damian Harris got some carries. And by the way, back to your point, I did want to say, Shime. Uh, when you were complaining about drafting all the running backs, when they should have drafted more tackles or maybe wide receivers or both. So you could develop two positions of need on the team, Uh, positional groupings that'll likely look vastly different next year. Does Damian Harris look like somebody you just want to part ways with now over a three or $4 million salary next year? Because I know he gets dinged up every year, but he ran hard and fat. Like he was arguably the most dynamic player on offense for the Patriots last Sunday. Like he looked terrific.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would, I, at the right price, I would keep him. I like Damien Harris. Same. I think he's a good solid runner. I think he's a good tandem back or committee back. Um, I don't know what the market would bear for him. I do know he seems to be one of those loyal guys that, you know, feels like they gave him his chance and maybe if the right contract were available, he would give them the hometown discount, as we say on sports talk radio. Um, but the reality is, like you bring up the 49ers shine. You know how it's a lot easier to get rid of the ball in 1.9 seconds when you're throwing to Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, uh Kittle, like, like, like guys also... you trust. And I'm not just saying that and they're Trent doing. Williams is blocking like, for you. Like you know those guys more often than not, at least give you a 50-50 chance to beat the guy covering them.
1: I I totally agree. But at the same time, teams have shown that they can do that with lesser talent too, right? Like you can scheme guys. In situations where they're going to get the uh, like the ball in yes short yardage area, but these receivers have at least shown, if not through the Jets game, that they can get some yards after the catch. Is it going to be electric as a Tyreek Hill? No, but they know they can run with the football, and and so the idea is is that you need to start scheming ways up to get the just the ball out of Mac Jones's hands and into the hands of these playmakers in a way that's going to allow them to work downfield. And right now there is no semblance of anyone even trying to do that. And that's like, that to me is the easiest way to get some improvement to this offense is to start scheming it up. So those like quick looking pick routes with receivers coming underneath that are almost kind of like screens, but then you're tracking Mm -hmm. into the middle of the field and Mm -hmm. a lot more motion and things of that nature, instead of trying to play big, like they have been, because they just don't have the personnel to do it. Well, teams are obviously
0: going to key on Ramondre Stevenson because we've all opined and begged for them to run the offense through him. And now defenses are going to be like, oh, so that's the only real dynamite guy you got on there. So we're just going to make sure we have at least, uh, if not several bodies after him. And the play calling also for him did no justice last Sunday because fourth and three from the 35 last Sunday to him, that wide stretch run left might be the single worst play call I've seen in a long, long time. And these eyes have seen A lot of football, but who are you going to get it to Jacoby Myers is an excellent possession receiver, but he's not going to like tilt the field in your favor or like rattle another defense's cage. And then somebody who does have athletic ability, but obviously doesn't seem to have the head or the instincts for it. Like John Smith freaking fumbles the ball on his own just because.
1: Like he literally that lost was, control. That was objectively hilarious. Oh, I, I laughed. Thank God I
0: couldn't reach for my phone. Cause I think I would have probably hucked it at a screen. Like Nicole Hardman did watching the chiefs game Sunday night. Like hell no, man. Like it's so, so that's the whole thing. It's like,
1: who are you going to get? Oh, you wanted th- things to run differently. Great. Who should we run it to? Who should we but, get the balls? But you have these guys, right? So you, you might as well try. Like, I, like I, I, like I said, like in that jets game, a lot of what the, the, receivers and even Ramondre did coming out of the backfield when he caught the ball, they got some yards after the catch. Was it a lot? Are they going to take it to the house? No, but it's a way that you are able to chip yourself down the field to at least give yourself an opportunity. Like get yourself consistently into the red zone, not be taking a bunch of sacks that that just hurt you left and right. And I think that's the initial fix, right, is to start, okay, we need to stop taking sacks that are making it more difficult for us uh, on our drives and taking us out of field goal range and things like that. And we need to start getting the ball out quickly and spreading it out a little bit. And you need to, like Andy said, they they modified the, the bone or the wishbone or whatever the hell you want to call it. Screw that. Get these fat guys off the field. I want five offensive linemen and then every other player should be the skill players and the quarterback. That's it. Enough with the tight ends. Enough with this. Like if you want to run, if you want to run tight end plays, spread them out and play them like receivers. Don't like bring back little Jordan Humphrey for all I care and sit John who's ass on the bench at this point, because you need to find a way to spread it out and just, chip your way down the field.
2: John O. Smith caught all four four passes thrown his way for 40 and then yards. And he the fumbled the ball when no one was around him. Oh, oh, that was on uh, a handoff. That was not one of the four catches. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, you're right. Handoff. My bad. Yeah. It's, no. Hunter
1: I, Henry's ass on the bench. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, uh,
0: no, it's, it's mm. not going to be, it's not going to be an easy fix. And since I know you love statistical, some stats with ball shine, uh, I bring you this Mac Jones, uh, out of 35 quarterbacks has been pressured. I think, uh, It's like 9.9% of the time. So basically like he's, no, excuse me. He's getting sacked like one in every 10 dropbacks, which is not historically bad, but pretty bad. And he's pressured, uh, the pressure rate this season has him in the bottom two or three in the NFL as well. Like he has less than three seconds. I think it's 2.97 seconds until like the pocket is collapsing on him. Like, so this points to Andy. Needing to get the ball out quicker. Shime's got a good point. Like, we got to do two seconds or less. It's got to be Brady Ball. You got to do it. You got to go Garoppolo because if you only have up to three seconds to make a play, then on the first play of the game, it may not be that smart to be in the shotgun and then still take a five to seven step drop back and wait for a long deep play to develop. Like it's it's just not there. And if it's not there, stop trying to look for it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't have the answers because I you know, Shime's idea of sort of spreading them out, getting the 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 skill players, quote unquote, on the field. I would ask, who are they? <laughs> Look, I, I'm not saying they're good, but. Does Thornton, you talk about Cole Strange regressing? Tyquan Thornton has regressed. Everybody was like, oh, he's becoming a weapon, but like, he stinks. He looks for the defense. He can't take a hit. He drops the ball, like.
1: Yeah, but it's – so I understand that. Oh. If don't get me wrong. I don't think the mm. the skill players are like elite or even really good or even barely good. Like they're fine. But the issue is is that the plays you're running right now are long, drawn out, play action, five-step drop, seven-step drop. And on top of that, your receivers are all in the same effing area. So it's yeah. like like the route trees are just – gross the design it's it's weird
2: it's almost like they have a defensive coach running the offense and a bunch of players that aren't that good almost like we talked about for i don't know six months leading up to the season damnedest thing
1: it's shocking and then i love when people say
2: why are they bad in the red zone oh you mean the place where it's hardest to run an offense and when you lean on coaching and elite playmakers more than anywhere else on the field they're struggling there why could oh because they have bad coaching and bad playmakers like it it's all so obvious and we saw it coming and it's slapping us in the face. And some people still don't want to realize what it is. It's a dead. Yeah, it's,
0: it's it's like it's like rough. the
2: Orlovsky. Like it just goes
0: back to I'm sure like you watched the Dan Orlovsky breakdowns last week. Shine like they were the Zapruder film. Like I knew it. See, there was someone else like just keeps going over and over again. Look, we're, we can we can analyze, dissect, go over frustrate six ourselves. And four and
2: they're the sixth seed and they're going to upset the Titans if they play them. I wanted to get back to some positivity. See, in there we go. They're going to beat the Titans.
0: All right. We'll get to the how they're going to they do they could this could week. Be. I do. Because I think they'll run
2: Derrick Henry all day. Keep the score down. They'll have a puncher's chance. And with mm-hmm. a puncher's chance, they might do it.
0: This is mm-hmm. what happens when we all but get the band boy, back Tannehill in the
2: postseason. It's a pick party, and we're all invited. See, look, this is what
0: happens. This Thanksgiving dinner table is already talking politics, and we haven't even passed the potatoes, let alone broken bread or said cheers. So thank you guys for tuning back into our merry band of misfits and dysfunctional DVOA people. Give us a follow all the time, and when you can, at Six Rings Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and, of course, the boys. Follow the boys at Jumbo Heart, at Chime Time, and at Fitzy GFY. All right, we've got more to offer in terms of the Patriots as well as a game to preview ourselves. But first, just moments ago, Andy and I had a chance to have a great chat with someone who knows his Vikings inside and out. We take you now to an interview we did going behind enemy lines, previewing Patriots at Vikings with Phil Mackey, the director of Score North and the host of Purple Daily.